Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, welcome back to All Spears, Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company as we kick off Friday afternoon. Uh, you're watching The Call. Ten stocks that you suggest we have a look at. I put them to two experts for their opinion. We do all of that in 60 minutes and a whole lot more. It's fast and furious. It's a lot of fun. Uh, let's get straight into it. So much to cover today. Uh, Jumbay Lu from uh, Tribeca Capital joins us now. Jumbay, welcome to The Call. Good to see you. Good to see you, David. Hope you're well. Uh, very well indeed. And we welcome back. No, it's not Tom Petrovsky from uh, Comsec. Um, Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners on the last day of his month off holidays, looking very yep. bare grills, Tom Petrovsky. How are you, Adam? Yeah. Well, Tom's a bit of a legend uh, around our part, so uh, I'm just trying to emulate him. It's the, it's the, right. it's definitely a compliment. Yeah. Um, had, have, Jumbo, how do you think Adam sort of wears the new look? I think it looks perfect on him. I, in fact, I think he should keep it. Um, yep. uh, when I first saw you, Adam, I couldn't recognize you. You're a different man. And I love the yep. tan. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's a happy Jumbay. Yeah. Um, I thought that too, Jumbay. Um, except um, I, I was horrified. and I really don't want to see it too much again. Um, Adam was preparing a bit early. Uh, and getting his link up early, um, yep. and then he then he walked away, and I saw what he was wearing downstairs, and that was <laughs> that was a more horrible sight. I think we've got a lot to get through, so we better get moving. <laughs> you need to work on the legs, I think, mate. Um, anyhow, so much happening at the moment. Markets all over the place. Look, I'm old enough to remember back to 87 and the volatility leading up to that crash. Um, it sort of reminds me a bit of that. The Dow trading in ranges on a day of, you know, 1,000 points, 500 points, 600 points collapsing in the last hour regularly this week. Uh, Jumbeck, does that make you nervous? No, it doesn't. It gets me very excited. Look, we all know, we all know this year is going to be a year of volatility because simply because the, you know, people talk about the bond yield move and, you know, the interest rate is is on the way up, um, at least for the next, over the next 12 to two years. So we'll see interest rate going higher. So the share market needs to readjust those expectations. That's why the volatility. But the good thing is it happened very quickly. Um, certainly we've seen it in the last few weeks. And what it is, is it represents fantastic buying opportunity. Um, not for speculative stock. It's actually for a lot of high quality businesses um, that, you know, the, the, the top 20 businesses that have done so well over the years. And uh, rarely do you get a buying opportunity with share price, some of the share price down okay. close to 20% just in this month. It, so do you think it's over, the, uh, the drop? I think I think the big drop is over, um, but you will get volatility here and there. But a lot of large cap companies 
um, it should be it's really time to buy. Don't forget, there's also another technical issue as well because BHP uh, index weight is going to 10% from six um, by the close of today. So there's been incredible amount of selling across the rest of index to move into BHP. Um, that's why we're having additional selling mm. pressure of the large cap, large 20 uh, sort of uh, uh, stock. So, you know, all of that combined have seen incredible buying opportunities. And Adam, what do you say to your um, uh, to your clients at a time like this? Uh, they must be yeah. sort of uh, a bit panicky and you, you see some of the headlines around. Uh, what are you saying to them? Yeah, look, we've had a lot of conversations with clients and there's been a lot of people that are wanting to sell, just, you know, wanting to get out. And, and, and I continue to say that it's not the right time to be selling at the moment. Now's not the time to be panicking. Um, look, certainly the US has had a, a big fall, and I probably suspect the US can continue to go lower from here. Some of this, some of those tech names are technically technically in a bear market at the moment already, down by 20%. So I think really uh, what we're saying to clients is, uh, you know, there's always a little bit of cash on the sidelines for most clients. So I'm pretty comfortable about potentially uh, putting some more money to work in the market. Um, I'm also saying don't be scared to, to sort of take a bit of a risk here because due to the fact is that a lot of these stocks that are looking really, really good are off 10 to 15%. And that's what Jumbe is talking about, that opportunity it doesn't come around that often. And I think we should take advantage of it. So it's really for the brave at the moment, but they're the ones, you know, that will continue. Volatility is going to increase with easy money that the market has seen over the last two years. Volatility uh, is lower. And you can see that from the VIX index. The VIX index has really started to move. And that means the volatility is going to come back into our market as QE starts to come back off. So right. volatility, there's higher prices up and, 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 and selling also. So it does provide opportunities both sides. Yeah, uh, because it made me go back to our, our series last October here on the call when I put to a, each of our experts every day for two weeks, um, uh, what would be on their crash list, their watch list, if, if the markets... Uh, went through a, a, a big correction. Um, it's worthwhile going back. We've got them here on the uh, on the graphic. Uh, Adam, um, your your favourite uh, Aussie broadband. You thought on a pullback, take advantage of it. Jumbe, um, you were you suggested Endeavour Group. Henry Jennings had a long short fund. Uh, Carl uh, Goodman Group. Michael Wayne Combank. Andrew Whelan, uh, his old stomping ground at Macquarie Group there. Uh, Rudy had ResMed, which is coming up as our stock of the day. Luke Winchester said, have a look at Zero. Hasn't that had a major fall recently? Yeah. Uh, Mark Morland, Fisher and Paykel. Gaurav Sodhi, Domino's. It got below 100 bucks this week for the first time in a long time. Nathan CSL, it got below $250 for the first time in a long time in the last week. And Scott Phillips, um, Soul Pats. Um, uh, interesting to refresh ourselves on that. Jumbay. All of those reinforcing what you said, quality stocks, take advantage of downturning quality stocks. Absolutely. And uh, if anything, I actually have my list has got a lot, whole lot longer. 
just given the intensity of the share price fall and how rapid it's been. You know, things like cochlear, a lot of healthcare stocks are global leaders in what they do. Um, and the share price has all fallen significantly in the last few weeks. And these other companies generate good, great cash flow, market leadership positions, unlikely to be changed over the next 10 years. Um, and really off the bottom of the draw sort of uh, stocks, um, you know, it just I think that list has just got a whole lot longer and uh, it's really time for people to be stepping in. Yeah. Adam, any you would add to it? Uh, look, I think all of those names are real quality stocks, and I think that's the key. Is is you know, and and I sort of said this in March 2020 when we were going through our sort of our major pullback. Is you don't need to be a hero at these levels. You need to yeah. pick good quality stocks that have fallen. Now, obviously, Jumbo's right with the BHP side of things, but there's plenty of other blue chip stocks. Transurban, I looked at yesterday, just around that $12 mark, actually looks mm -hmm. like it's on some really good support there. Yeah, so something like a Transurban. I would say well, Sydney Airport. Transurban is, is good for yield too, for income investors who have been battered a bit. Their, their yield would be good at these levels. Yeah, it is. It is, absolutely. So, yeah, there's certainly some uh, some fantastic stocks out there that, you know, are starting to hit those really big support levels. So it's a, it's a really good time to be looking back into the market. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Um, in the next half hour, this first half hour of the call, we'll be taking a look at... Incitec uh, Pivot, uh, GQG Partners, uh, Auckland International Airport, Grange Resources and Adairs. But uh, first up, our stock of the day, which was on our crash watch list. Uh, ResMed reporting fourth quarter results, posting a 12% net profit increase. Uh, the sleep treatment specialist gross margins fell, though 2.3%, largely due to supply chain expenses. Uh, broker RBC Capital Markets saying the results fell short of expectation. Shares trading pretty flat today in a strong market. Um, Jumbe, what did you think of the quarterly update from ResMed and uh, the stock at these levels? Of course. Um, so uh, the quarterly result, it has fallen short of consensus expectations or analyst expectations um, by about 3 to 4% and not not massive but it's a little underperformed um, and however normally you know when a, a growth stock that um, missed analyst expectations and you expect share price to be sold off significantly um, but it hasn't because everyone is expecting a poor result. We know the reason uh, the result was poor was mainly because um, they, uh, the supply chain issues, that they couldn't, couldn't get their hands on the chip uh, because of the chip shortage globally. And uh, so that they just couldn't simply meet the demand. Demand is so strong. Remember their uh, key competitor has had a product recall and then the competitors continue to have the product issues. Um, so they have so much demand for their product and they just couldn't meet that demand. So, and that has been very well flagged, so people know. Um, so that's why, you know, result comes through. Um, everyone has been waiting for this poor result, um, and it provides a great buying opportunity. Um, in terms of where the stock's at, it has been sold off um, like the rest of the sector. Um, and um, while the earning is actually still growing, growing quite reasonably. Um, so for me, Resmet is a core holding. Uh, it's a strong buy. Um, and uh, and this is probably one of its the worst result you'd expect. And for a worse result, it's still growing. So um, mm. it's one of those structural leaders. Um, and um, and then at this point, it looks pretty attractive. Okay. Adam? Yeah, I love this one. I've, I've been on record for many, many years saying that this is a fantastic one. And 
And I, I'll go on record again to say I think that ResMed is one of those ones that could be the next CSL. So that, mm. that's sort of where I put this uh, stock in, in most of my clients' portfolios. Um, obviously, the revenue was a little bit, I mean, the, the revenue was, was, was well uh, flagged. Uh, income and gross margin, yeah, a little bit lower uh, than expected, but it's a pretty tough time for these guys. And I, I think, you know, with the stock down around about, was it 12, 14 percent uh, the last six months? I think it just provides really good opportunities. These guys usually do uh, beat on earnings on a regular basis. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think the dividend was up as well. So um, yeah, look, really comfortable with it. I mean, these, these things do, uh, you know, they can't always go in a straight line. And as you can see, Resonance had a good run, come back a little bit. And I think there's some pretty good support there at about $30, yep. even 28, somewhere around in there, you'd definitely be uh, backing the truck up on that one. Okay. Would you do it at, at this level, thirty bucks, thirty-one dollars? Uh, look, yes. If it, you know, if, if you're comfortable with it, I think you could probably put it closer to thirty dollars. I think there's a uh, on the chart. There's a little gap there that needs to be filled, and I think that's around that sort of twenty-eight to thirty-dollar level. So okay. I'm comfortable with the stock. I really like the business, and 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 it's fantastic. But I just think, yeah, you could probably get it a little bit cheaper Sorry, over the next coming couple. Okay. All right, let's get into the stock. So you've uh, suggested we have a look at Incitec Pivot, Damien wants a view. Um, and so in March last year, he remembers Jumbe. Uh, you said uh, you'd hold it for six months. Um, and he's saying, would you still hold it and, and buy Incitec Pivot, the, uh, the big fertiliser and, and chemicals slash explosive, explosives group? <laughs> That's right. So, look, um, I first of all, uh, the disclaimer is Incitec Pivot is one of those, um, uh, they call a cyclical business and uh, the very um, sort of tough industrial sort of business. Its business is um, um, it, it only have a momentary um, good good time out of 10 years um, when when all the condition is right. Um, now, Incitec is something that you buy, you hold it for six months or hold it for a year, uh, and when the condition turns, hopefully you get out before the condition turns uh, and then make your return. It's not something you hold on forever uh, like those structural leaders. Now, right now, the condition is fantastic for this business um, because of the high EU gas prices. It's now supporting, um, you know, supporting uh, its, its, its earnings and this is supporting the ammonia prices um, and the fertilizer as well. So right now, it's great. Um, for me, I think it will do okay for the next six months as well, just because the condition will take time to play out. And last six months have been good, and next six months, I think, continue to hold. I, I'm not someone who likes to chase this type of business because they are cyclical and they are prone to accidents um, because they're a tough business to run. Um, so, you know, as long as the global demand is strong, energy price is well supported, I think this business will do well, but we'll have to revisit perhaps on a six monthly basis. Okay. So it's a whole. So a hold for you, Adam. Yeah, so this one you've got to be a little bit careful. Obviously, it's cyclical, but it's all all about the fertilizer price and the DAP price, which is is what they basically go off. Um, and so I don't think investors should get really carried away with what's going on there. Um, the ammonia prices or the fertilizer prices average around about four hundred and eighty-two dollars a ton, right? But first quarter for Inside Inside Tech Pivot, they were able to get up to six hundred and thirty-two dollars a ton. So that's absolutely, yeah, killing it uh, for, for that uh, fertiliser or ammonia prices. But on average, they should sit around that sort of $480, $500 mark. And there's a couple of banks out there that are sort of forecasting for 2023. They expect ammonia prices to drop back to around about $368 oh. a tonne. 
So that doesn't mean that Inside Tech Pivot can maintain the level where they are. They probably can, but there is going to be increased pressure to the downside because they're not going to be making as much money on that fertilizer or that ammonia price going forward. So I'd be really cautious up here. Uh, it, it, it's a hold even going closer to a sell for me just on the price activity. Okay. All right. Uh, Meg wants a view on um, Adam on GQG Partners. Only recently listed October last year, wasn't it? Um, one of the biggest fund managers or a, or a global boutique fund, fund manager uh, specialising in global equities. Um, it's fallen a fair bit, uh, about 20% since, uh, since November. Uh, but I noticed Morgans have uh, come in and uh, they were a supporter early of uh, um, GQG and said it's, uh, it looks like an opportunity at these levels. What do you think? Yeah, so obviously a global uh, boutique fund manager, as you said, Koshi, um, you know, they, they focus on active equity portfolios. So they're, they're very active in the market, headquartered in the US. And as of 31st of December 2021, they had around about 91 billion under uh, asset management. So it's decent and, you know, they've got a lot there. Um, the equity-based business is down, obviously, because of the US market, because it is a very much of a global business. And so I'd be really cautious uh, here about any fund manager, listed fund manager, and that goes for Magellan as well. I know Jumbay called Magellan absolutely to the T, so well done, Jumbay, on that one. But um, I, I'd be cautious on uh, GQG. I, I, I think that you'd, you'd like to see a little bit more water under the bridge on this one. I think I'd like to also see net inflows coming through. I did look at it. They have had some really good performance numbers uh, on, on a lot of their funds. Um, but net inflows have started to sort of fall away a little bit as well. So I think it's very much in line with the US market. Uh, if you do need exposure to other markets, look, there's certainly other ways to do that via an ETF or, or via a fund manager as well. But yeah, I, I'd just be a little bit cautious uh, okay. on the share price, especially because a lot of their funds are global and uh, US based. All right. All so right. that's so, a, so no, for, a no? Right. No, it's a no. Um, um, uh, by coincidence, we've got Magellan coming up in the second half hour of the call. So we'll get an update on Jumbay's view after Magellan's share price has been smashed. Has she changed her mind? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but on GQG, Jumbay, what do you think? Uh, look, I think uh, exactly as Adam, that uh, GQG uh, is... Uh, well, the reason GQG has been sold off... Um, yeah, you know, pretty much in the last couple of weeks, as with most other fund managers, uh, mainly because, you know, their earnings market linked. So share market is down 10%. <laughs> the earnings will shrink um, by as much. Um, but of course, GQG is one of the few managers actually still um, have inflow. So you've got Pinnacle that has inflow and GQG has inflow, which is quite nice to see. Uh, and you always want to follow a manager that has good performance, that has inflow, because it builds momentum and the cost base is fixed. So you get operating uh, positive operating level. So this business is still going through, um, you know, a, a, a good environment, um, though, you know, markets shrunk, but I think net net they'll be okay. Um, the performance is okay. Um, you know, I think they're beating their benchmark, uh, but it's sort of just okay at the moment. Um, look, I think at this point, people do want to, for new buyers into fund manager, people want two things to be certain. One is that, you know, market condition has stabilized because any fall in the market, you can't help it, fund manager will, will, will make less money. Um, and two is that, you know, GQG has uh, grown and become its size current over $90 billion. 
very, very, very quickly in a, literally in the last few years. So, you know, a lot of people want to see a bit more establishment, um, you know, consistent, a bit more consistent performance, um, and especially through different market cycle um, and to get a bit more evidence. So, you know, I think this one is a hold for me. Um, in the fund manager space, I do prefer Pinnacle. Um, that's also come off a lot. And that is a business give you more diversified portfolio of uh, very high quality managers that's highly recognizable across the retail. Um, as, as investors. Okay, so I'll hold for you on that. Um, Sean wants a view, Jumbay, uh, on Auckland International Airport. Uh, Sean says, uh, I might be wrong, but I can't recall this stock being discussed on the call. Uh, Sean, you're wrong. Um, we, we, have cover, we cover a lot here on, on the call. Um, but Sean makes a really good point, and, and thanks for bringing it up again. Uh, amidst all the activity around Sydney Airport, has this been overlooked? Uh, Sean's purchase price is about 11% uh, below current levels. Um, it was made as a recovery play, but he wonders about a longer-term hold, and he'd welcome your opinions. Jumbay, Auckland International Airport. Of course, Sydney Airport take it over by a big super fund. Uh, Auckland's a bit different because it owns the land in New Zealand, does it? So it's not only an airport, it's a property play as well. Of course, look, it's uh, absolutely it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a good um, almost monopolistic sort of position, and it owns land and things, um, and it's a great reopening trade. And of course, there's a bid for Sydney Airport. Uh, so all of that has been uh, reasonably reflected in the share price. It's a, just a very expensive way. Uh, it, you don't get much dividend yield. It's very very tiny. Um, so it's just an expensive way to um, play that recovery. Um, and, um, you know, to me, and New Zealand government is very conservative. It certainly feels like, you know, yeah. I'm not sure when the border will really completely be reopened. Um, and uh, so, you know, in terms of earnings, that's not coming through. So you're not really getting it, getting paid dividend at the for the time being. And it's valuation kind of quite reasonable. Um, so, you know, I would much rather play other reopening sort of trade but if you're going to hold it as a property in the longer term it is bottom draw because you know the asset itself is very defensive okay so a hold from you yeah. on this yeah adam yeah. Oh, i agree with jimbei i'm a little bit cautious on this one this has always been a, a very expensive airport to to buy as such uh the the sort of valuations are, are pretty uh pretty uh up there RBC Capital, I know, has got a, um, a $7.90 New Zealand of, uh, price on it, so a price target. So there's a little bit of upside there. But one of the things that I did see while doing a little bit of research uh, for this one is that I did see that they have froze uh, their aeronautical um, price resets for 2023 and then potentially even 2024. So what that means is, is that every time a plane comes into Sydney Airport or Auckland Airport, um, they charge them a fee, whether it's an international per passenger via international or domestic, they charge a fee per passenger to the airline to, to basically land. And so they've, they've stopped those, those freezes. And one of the best things about airports is it's somewhat a monopoly in there because they can charge pretty much what they want. If people want to go to New Zealand, then they, they can do that. So by doing those price freezes, and this happened on Tuesday, uh, like this week, mm. um, that sort of sets them up because it's not going to be our earnings aren't going to increase over time. So I'd just be a little bit cautious. Yes, it's a reopening trade, but uh, New Zealand is, as Jumbo said, is, is back down into lockdown or 
or red. They've got the different colors of the lights and it's a red one at the moment. Um, so, you know, I, I'd be cautious on this one. It, it looks expensive. They've done some price freezes. I, 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 think, um, I think it would be a hold if you hold it, um, uh, but I wouldn't be jumping in at these levels. Okay. All right. Um, so Simeon uh, wants to be on Grange Resources. Um, Simeon points out uh, he's probably, hopefully he's not related to you, Adam. Disclose it if, if uh, he is. Uh, no, says back, back at the lows of iron ore. Adam Dawes recommended Grange at 46 cents while he was covering Fortescue. Uh, looking to get his view again as they've now paid a 10 cent special dividend and uh, looking to be up there before this week at 52-week highs. Is it time to take profits? Or are the tailwinds back for iron ore? Of course, it's the Tasmanian-based um, iron ore, but mainly pellet production um, uh, in Tasmania, in, in Savage River. Um, what's your update on Grange, Adam? Well, yeah, it looks, looks pretty good. The price has definitely moved. Yeah. I, I think it all, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. Obviously, we still like Fortescue. You know, we, we like BHP, we like Rio. They're the sort of big boys in the room. But then you sort of go down to that mid-tier level and Grange is probably one of those ones uh, that will do well. I think certainly Grange with the pellet side of things, um, it, it's a different style of processing or mining of iron ore. And, and basically, yeah, it can be used. It's got a very large Chinese board. So I think that they'll do well getting uh, iron ore into China and, and around the world. Um, one of the things that I did see about this one is, is that their quarterly report that just came out um, actually had some really good numbers in it. But I think really what you've got to be really careful of is where do you think the iron ore price is going to go over the longer term? And potentially iron ore price is probably going to stay flat for a little while as growth starts to get a little bit pulled back at the moment with all everything that's going on. So I'd take some profits, to be honest, mm -hmm. on that one. I think that, that you might see uh, a further fall. Uh, the resources are doing well today, but that doesn't mean that they're going to do well the next day and then the day after. So I'd, I'd uh, tell our viewer to take some profits on that one and uh, look for a re-entry price back at sort of closer to that 50 cent mark. Okay. Jumbay, because uh, it was all doom and gloom just before Christmas, wasn't it, in the media? Iron ore prices collapsed, $80 a tonne. You know, everyone was running. Now, iron ore prices back to $138. Where did that happen over Christmas? <laughs> isn't that short? Uh, isn't that short? And investors tend to have very short, um, uh, short uh, memory <laughs> as yeah. well. Um, and we we just draw a straight line, whichever way up or down, and then make yeah. our put into our forecast, and then work out big valuation. Look, it, 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 you're you're so right. Um, look, people worry about the iron ore, the China, the demand. I think what's really changed is that it's become very clear in the last few months, and we have spoke about this on this show that um, you know the uh, the. Uh, China just started to stimulate. Uh, we've seen early sign of it. We've seen the ease of credit. Uh, we've seen a lot of all these early signs of stimulate, uh, stimulate well, the, the intention to stimulate the economy. So that is incredibly important for commodities. So iron ore, which is a you know a, a big focus by China. So you know, so it's incredibly important. That's why we see start seeing all the resources rallying, um, and also partly because resources sector underperformed enormously um, in in the sort of you know. 
September to November uh, a few months. So that's been, been, you know, so so all of that together, we have seen things, the sentiment turn to its favor. But Adam's absolutely right. Um, you know, long-term iron ore prices is probably not here. So it's at some point it will come off and the resources sector have had a very strong run. So remember, these are the companies that are cyclical companies. You hold them for a little bit and then you need to take profits. Um, and then when they fall, you perhaps can buy back in simply because their, their earnings are very much depend on what the price is. Um, the minute price start falling, their, um, their share price will fall quite quickly, sometimes right. more so than the underlying prices. So it's uh, for me, it's a proper taking on this front um, and uh, even Fortescue. And then when it does come down lower points, mm. you can revisit. Okay. Uh, Jim wants to view Jumbay on Adairs, the uh, furniture and homewares retailer, put out a, a pretty disappointing quarterly update uh, a little while ago um, shares down 22% in a week um, um, recorded sales broadly in line but 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 weak margins um, uh, again Morgan's have just given up an, an update saying uh, uh, they're retaining an ad uh, rating to it add more they reckon they have a price target of three dollars seventy. Um, what do you think of Adairs? Look, I think Adairs is a good company. And remember, by retailers, you always need to buy at the time when no one wants to buy them. Um, because yeah. retailer is such business that they will have one good year and one bad year. And um, you buy them when they have a bad year because, you know, and then you just need to feel comfortable. It's a great brand and the consumer likes it and it has... Uh, it has all the consumer likes it and then it has all the store rollout opportunity, which this company has. Now, latest result was poor because uh, um, it's a supply chain issue. You're all the retailers experiencing. Uh, I have a feeling that over the next six months, you'll hear more of it. So it's not finished yet, but I will be accumulating a little retailer like that, um, you know, during all these sell-off. Okay. So accumulate from you. What about what about you, Adam? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jumbo on this one. I, I think it's a buy. Um, I think that the, the sell-off has definitely created a lot of opportunity for this one. And I've been reading a, a fair bit of research uh, from UBS uh, on this one, and they're, they're, they're sort of quite happy to, uh, I think, uh, look at this. And the stock reaction has partly be reflected on too much optimism, I guess, amongst the, uh, amongst the investors. And, look, they certainly... Uh, Omicron has certainly given a rapid rise, which has certainly put the brakes on the stock. But I believe that the sell-off prevents an attractive opportunity, um, obviously based on higher income, so you know, pent-up savings and the wealth effect created by higher house prices. I think that the fall of sort of 22% plus gives us a really good opportunity to get into this one. Obviously, I prefer Nick Scarly in that sector. I think that's a better-run business. But look, on that price fall, I think it's a buy, and so I'll, I'll stick with that one. Right, yeah, and... Wage growth looking as though it's coming back as well should uh, should help these types of retailers. Um, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks as stock of the day. Uh, ResMed, one of those quality stocks you you buy on a uh, a pullback. Jumbe likes it at these levels. For Adam, it's a hold. If it got a little further down, twenty eight uh, thirty dollars, um, he'd be very interested in that. Uh, Intertech pivot, um, a hold from Jumbe. Uh, a really uh, weak hold from Adam, if not a sell at these levels going through the cycles. Uh, GQG, a hold from Jumbe, 
uh, although she prefers Pinnacle. A no from Adam. Uh, Auckland International Airport, a hold from both. Uh, for Grange Resources, take profits uh, on Grange. You've had a really good run and uh, this is probably the peak iron ore for a little while. It's had a good bounce back up. Jumbo and Adam expect iron ore prices to trend back down again over the long term. And Adair's a buy from both after the uh, the big pullback. Um, in the next half hour, we're looking at Telex, um, Pharmaceutical, Magellan, Lithium Power International, Altium and Southern Cross. Um, Adam, a media wants a view on Telex ph Pharmaceuticals, the oncology company. Yeah, so uh, TLX is the stock code. I hadn't done a lot of work on this one, uh, or I did know uh, a lot about it uh, previously. But it does look interesting. There, there's a couple of things that I, that I like about this story, and, and certainly some of those things that uh, have really sort of given me a feel okay on it. Certainly, um, to, to preface all this, I think it's a hold because I think it's, it's, it's had a good run. But they did beat on earnings. They've got lower net debt, and their strong uh, growing um, area is, is, is certainly looking good. And I think what the issue is is that the FDA uh, was approved their new drug application uh, I, I'm going to get this wrong. Someone's going to correct me, but it's ILUX in the US, which is freeing away for product launches in January 2022. So this one's an interesting one. Um, I don't know too much about it, but I, I think, though, overall, there's going to be no change to earnings forecasts. That FDA approval is a really big tick in the right direction. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, it'd be a hold for me only because I really don't understand some of these biotech, uh, healthcare and equipment services businesses. Right. Uh, Jumbay, Telex. Oh, we lost okay. you, Jumbay. We just lost you, I think, Jumbay. How's Can that? you hear me? Yep, there we go. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, so, um, uh, yeah, so I have been early investing in this company when it first listed uh, during IPO. Uh, what's amazing about this little business is that, you know, when you talk about biotech and things, it's incredibly important to uh, know the management who, um, who knows their stuff because most of the investors, like me, uh, we're very generalists. So we just don't have enough the um, technical knowledge uh, background to understand it. So Chris is the guy who started. He used to be the um, the key head of M&A for a lot of large pharmaceutical businesses. And uh, what he did in those days was during his early days when he worked for them was to find portfolio of um, um, you know whether it's pharmaceutical early early stage um, you know product and put them together and then you know bolt them on and put into the large pharma business and he's been doing this successfully for so many years and then he was so successful he then uh, left and came out and set up a sort of venture capital business uh, and he ran some ultra high net worth money for quite some time and because it did so well then his client actually oh. said to him why don't you um, set up this business and uh, you know we fund you and then we list it. So this is how it started um, and I know people from uh, Caledonia, they were early investors of this company as well so Chris then went out and bought a whole portfolio of um, you know of different uh, drugs and things, early stage drugs and 
uh, imaging products, and uh, then he ran it as a portfolio. So since listing a few years ago, he has done incredibly well taking those little business uh, bit by bit to mm. monetize, to commercialize. Um, and then the minute he gets to commercialization, he will then bring new partners just to de-risk the portfolio. So he runs it like a portfolio manager. And if oh, anything, yeah. I think he's done incredibly well. Um, I think, you know, if you want to back a, a biotech sort of pharma business, this is the one you back because Chris has done incredible job and he know what he's doing. He's got an incredible track record for this business. Okay, so at these levels, uh, you'd have it as it's a buy? buy. Okay. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. That's an interesting way of approaching it. It's sort of like a, um, Clinabel does a similar type, type thing, doesn't it? Rather than put all, all your money on, on the one drug to get it through. A lot of, a lot of these little biotechs are just, just uh, one product ponies, aren't they? That's right. That's the risk because if you just do one product, then if it fails, then you're taking yeah. on so much risk. Mm. Whereas this one, there's a portfolio. You manage bit by bit and then you de-risk them as when you find partners. Okay. The, the risk also, Jumbei and David, on that one is, is that the market gets confused about what you're actually putting to market or what you're actually doing. Yeah. So it is good to have two drugs, blockbusters, that you concentrate on with a portfolio underneath so that the market then gets to understand maybe one or two. If you come to the market with all of your drugs, they get confused, they don't understand, and yeah. then the message gets lost. Yeah. So it's a bit of a chicken in the egg kind of thing, I think. Yep. All right. Uh, Sandy wants to view Jumbay on your old favourite Magellan. Sandy says, I bought some of the, fo the falling knife that is Magellan uh, recently at $25. I must admit, I... I dabbled in the falling knife for my little superannuation fund as well. Um, are we going to continue to see funds management, uh, uh, funds under management reduce or maybe a turnaround over the long term? Uh, what do you think? Should we, we bandage the wound or uh, stick with it? Look, I, I think, um, I, I'm not sure how I should approach this now, um, but uh, I, I... No, no, <laughs> with, with honesty. Uh, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Um, so I think so. The the main issue with the fund manager you always need to follow is performance and uh, and then the flow. So and so for Magellan they had great performance for so many years and that's yep. why they had such a strong flow. Now performance has turned and the flow turned negative. One of the biggest problem at the moment that why the share price gone down so much is because they lost uh, its biggest uh, client, one of its biggest client, founding clients, um, and that was seventeen percent of its total fund. Now. This founding client um, was, um, the reason it's called founding client is because when they first won this client, a lot of advisors follow this client in. So what it means is in the next three months to six months or even a year, you will continuously having outflow because as people follow this client out. So momentum is still going to be negative. Culturally, maybe it's still going to put, have a negative psychology going on because money is still leaving. Um, and in terms of performance, they're actually okay at the moment. So I would say, you know, Magellan for me is more neutral at this point. I think it does provide a great platform. So perhaps M&A is something, you know, further down the track that people might want to look at it um, but it just at this point you know the earnings negative so potentially um, it's not going to jump significantly anytime soon just simply um, the earnings still going down okay so what was that uh, yes get in or a hold? neutral neutral to negative <laughs> it's a weak weak sell <laughs> a weak oh okay so a sell <laughs> all right uh, Dorsey 
Oh, I'm, I'm going to go the other side of this one because I got it wrong when Jumbe got it right. I'm going to stay with my call. I think I think I think Magellan's a buy, and there's there's a couple of reasons why. One of the reasons why is that Hamish Douglas has been banking on this correction that we are in right now. Right? He has been talking about this one for a long time, and the market's been very annoyed, and hence why the underperformance is that he's had up to 30 to 30 plus 30 percent in cash. And so we're all scratching our heads going, well, you know, the market's been moving higher. He should be fully invested and he should be moving. Now is the really the it's like a pivotal time in in the stock and what the actual um, Hamish can do to turn this around, because this fall in the US and then remember, he's, he's very much in, invested in the US. So this fall in the US, he should be able to put a lot of good money to work in some really good companies. Hopefully, then the performance starts to to move forward. Yes, they did lose a couple of big customers. That's understandable. Um, but those inflows should then follow. So I think there's a, on the chart, there's a little bit of a gap there from around about $25 to $30. I think that Hamish can get back up to there. Um, I think it's a good trade down here at $18. Look for a stop out at $30, something like that. I think you should do okay with. So I'm hoping that this correction that we're seeing in the US and here and, and around the world is a fantastic opportunity for Hamish to get involved, get the money to work, and then the okay. performance should be low. All right, stock at a five-year low, as we can see from that chart. Um, uh, Adam Stewart wants a view on Lithium Power International. Um, he says he, he just watched an interview with the chief executive, I think it was here on Ausbiz, and who said they tick all the ESG boxes, have very good relation, working relationship with First Nations people in the area, good drill results, Location is in well-known lithium triangle of Chile and Argentina. It's brine, brine lithium as opposed to hard rock. So I'd be interested in the panel's opinion um, on what they think of it. Um, what do you think of Lithium Power International? They did have some Australian assets, didn't they? And then they sold them, um, sold them. To, to another company. And now it's purely focused on that Chile-Argentina uh, project. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to find out that they only own fifty one percent in one of their uh, the Chile um, mines or the, the areas that they've got, but they own one hundred percent of the other one as well. So there, there, there's a, there's a couple of there. They did sell off those Aussie assets and sort of really focusing. And that, to be honest, lithium in in Argentina or, or South America is massive. So that, that that's where most of the lithium sort of sits. And then yeah, you right, that brine project should do a little bit better. Look, I like this one. I think it's a, it's a good small one to have a look at. Certainly, the stock has got up. I think it got up to eighty or ninety cents. There, yeah, there you go. Back down to sixty. Yep. About, about that sixty cent mark. I think it's it's retraced quite nicely. I think it's done quite well. Good volume that going through at the moment today is only four point four million shares traded, but they do trade some good volume, and it's in the right space, being that lithium side of things as well. Um, they did come out with some really good results from their, uh, one of their uh, projects in uh, uh, South America. And so that's really sort of got the market excited uh, about this one going forward. So look, I, look, there are, I think, better lithium stocks out there, but I would say this one is a, a hold if you've got it. I'm comfortable to get back in, but only at, at sort of cheaper prices. And at the moment, we've seen the stock go up, we've seen it come down and it's moving sideways. I just want to see more of that sideways motion right. before I invest in it because it could take another leg down. 
And certainly uh, with the market the way it is, a little bit skittish, that's probably when I'd look to buy into this one. So it's a hold for me at these prices. Okay, what's your preferred premium? Uh, preferred lithium, rather? Yeah, lithium. So IGO is, oh, yeah. is one that I really yeah. like. And they just bought Western Areas Nickel. I think that's a fantastic business going forward. And we've got a lot of money in mineral resources, MIN. Right. And that's got right. your old world iron, what can I say, old world iron ore. And then you've got your new world, which has got the lithium as well. So, yeah, yeah there's there's a couple of there where they're a little bit more diversified than sort of a one-trick pony. Yep. Uh, they're, they're the sort of ones that I like at the moment. Uh, Jumbo, what do you uh, what do you think of uh, of lithium power? Yeah, look, I I am similar to Adam. I think um, you know these stocks. Um, I like lithium, and uh, but I do prefer to play it through more diversified guys like IGO, um, perhaps mineral resources, but IGO's preferred uh, play. Um, you know these companies. Uh, in terms of share price, um, you know, you just saw on the chart has done incredibly well. And, um, you know, that's the, the the issue is that there's a lot of hot money, there's a lot of heat in this sector. Um, and so, you know, subject them to volatility. Um, and, you know, especially market is going through its transition phase. So it may present um, better buying opportunities. So I would avoid it for now, um, but much rather to be buying to the larger diversified names like IGO. Okay. All right, uh, Jackson wants a view on Altium Jumbay. This is the, uh, the software developer that basically gives software or designs software for engineers who design uh, circuit boards. Mm, that's right. Now, look, it is a quality um, tech company um, and uh, it does dominate that cheaper end of the um, circuit board um, design space um, and has been, you know, the, the case for many, many years. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's done incredibly well until, of course, um, the, uh, the the pandemic hits. Um, and this company has been severely impacted by the pandemic because, you know, to um, I, most of its sale come from actually Salesforce, salespeople going to um, the key customer and then get sales through and pandemic lockdown has meant that didn't happen so a lot of sales were pushed out um, that has affected its earnings so in the next four months things will come back and for that part of the business it will look better now um, the, but however at this point we've seen sharp sell-off across all tech companies it mm. certainly put this one which share price actually has been holding up pretty well relative to the others um, such as zero and others um, it certainly seems like value is probably better elsewhere um, and um, and this company also needs to prove its strategy over the next few years to be able to get into the next level which is uh, the enterprise level and that is you know they haven't yet to be able to demonstrate their ability in doing so. Um, so there is a little bit of risk on that. It looks okay value, but I just prefer to put into other tech companies that's been sold off a lot in the last month or so. Okay. So this All is right. a hold. So, so are, you still, are you still buying tech, investing in tech? On, Absolutely. On the, on the pullback? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Look, I'm a longshore manager, so I can buy all the way down and shorting something else all the way down. So, um, look, I just think this is a, you know, rare opportunity where you can find those quality growth companies. I keep my exposure to of growth to neutral, but I short some of the other ones that has has earnings issues and perhaps not not um, not yet profitable. Uh, but it absolutely is a great opportunity to be buying those growth companies because they will come back, uh, market will readjust, and then people will realize, you know, in five years, a lot of those cyclical companies aren't going to grow. Uh, how do you future-proof your portfolio? You have to buy those growth companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you say, stocks like Zero have been absolutely pummeled. Uh, extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, Adam, what do you think about Altium? 
Yeah, look, I really like this one, especially down here. I think it's, what, $34 or $33, something like that. I think this one uh, really looks good. A couple of things and the reasons why I do like it is is, is that every computer device, there you go, 3406, yeah, every computer device that you touch, uh, Altium has some kind of uh, design in it. Everything from, you know, pressing a button on the lift to using your mobile phone. These guys have got the, the technology that's integrated into that, and that's that printed circuit board software that you talked about, Koshi. So yeah. I think this one is absolutely, they did raise guidance uh, a, a while ago, but really for me, it's that high team percentages uh, that they're forecasting for their growth. But the EBITDA growing at around 20% each year on margin expansion. Now, find me, I mean, there are businesses out there that do that 20% EBITDA growth on their margin, but that's a fantastic business, and that's something that you can really put, sort of hang your hat on. So for me, at these levels, it's a buy. I think this is a fantastic story and a fantastic stock. Um, obviously, getting knocked around with all of the other, um, you know, uh, tech kind of things that are going on. But I really think this one is is a good one. I just don't know about the they they had a takeover, didn't they? And I don't know what's going on with that takeover. If that's fallen away or something like that. Those guys might still be in the wings, at, uh, and um, a viewer will probably correct me, but I think that's something that you've got to have a look at. This business was sought after down around these mm. levels, and it might be a gain, so I'm comfortable to stick a buy on it. Right. Yeah, so the takeover price was about $35, um, I think just around there. Um, and I yeah. think when they put the, um, the, the, the thing on, and... Um, I think LTM rejected straight away, just saying, look, it's completely, um, you know, too low. Uh, and and then I think since then, the competitor, uh, well, the, the bidder um, have publicly talked about launching their own similar sort of products. So um, yeah. I think, yeah, so yeah, public okay. talk about launching their own products. So people assume that sort of went away. Okay. All right. And our final stock, um, Adam, Harry wants a view on Southern Cross Media. The uh, engages in... Uh, basically um, podcasting and and also some uh, some major FM and AM radio stations. Triple M Network is, is part of SEA as well. Um, what do you think of Southern Cross? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because radio, I don't really believe, will ever do any better than, you know, what it's doing now. And it's been a sort of a, a tough space to navigate. Um, and look, there's, there's probably some bits in the business that they can uncover to create some more value in the business. But I, I think overall, um, they've, they've done really, really well to reduce their costs. They've been able to drop their costs uh, considerably, which has definitely helped revenue going forward. So that's certainly a positive thing. Overheads will continue to rise, uh, obviously JobKeeper and those kinds of things. But uh, there's, a, there's been some notable overheads in the business as well. Um, and look, overall, I think the regional TV side of things is very, very different. And, you know, we live in the city, but the regional stuff is, is actually quite good if they can get it right. So all in all, you put all this stuff together. I think it's a hold. I just don't, I don't like the old world media. And that's what I've, I always look at this one is that old world media. Um, the shares are trading on a P ratio of about 12.7. Um, and, you know, it just doesn't, excite me going forward the yeah. government's probably likely to support ongoing um you know uh in that area but obviously they've got to lift spending and they've got to lower their uh, uh outgoings 
but yeah, I, I'm just dollar eighty, mm. and there's plenty of other businesses out there. So no, it, it's a no okay. for me. Okay, uh, Jumbe, it's interesting their one year chart there. But you compare that with with nine and seven that have gone the opposite direction, haven't they? That's right. Yeah. Look, it's it's interesting. So look, I am with um, Adam. It's difficult for old world media because um, it's very hard to uh, ascertain what the terminal value is because eventually, uh, when the world completely get digitized, what does it look like? And uh, certainly, TV has been very challenged for a long time. Radio has managed to find its way uh, and built themselves into people's lives. So they got digital, you know, sort of all the digital radio and things and injury in the car, built into the car and things. So it sort of sits nicely in the background. But uh, regardless, you know, the, the pie for traditional media certainly is shrinking. Now, put that aside, structural, that's a structural story. Um, for the short term, you know, media spending is actually incredibly strong because uh, coming out of pandemic, a lot of businesses are focusing on, um, you know, uh, just uh, building brands uh, because people have realized that you need big brands for mm. consumer to spend. When consumer go online, they go on with the brand that they know. So a lot of companies have talked to increase marketing spend in the last 12 months, and I think it will be even higher in the following few years. So, you know, so the media space is, traditional media space is going through a good period, um, and particularly you actually seeing it across um, TV. Um, and remember, this year is going to be election year. Every time when there's election year, everyone wants to buy TV. Um, so on that basis, I kind of, you know, you. If you pick a one out of the traditional media, I think seven looks interesting, trading on five times earnings. Um, you know, it's it, that's very, very little you're paying for, um, you know, what the ultimate value is. But all you can all you know is that the ratings doing well and then they, they will have a, a fantastic year and all that cash flow will come back to shareholders or, you know, buying something bolt on. So I do think seven looks much more compelling in terms of value um, and then short term earnings front looks much stronger. Um, but these are the business you sort of you buy them when the conditions good and you holding on for long periods. Very yeah. difficult to. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Harry. Good analysis there of Southern Cross Media. Jumbe Lu from Tribeca, Adam Dawes from uh, uh, from Shores. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. Thank you. You too, David. Very much. Thank you. And Adam, reassure me those black and blue striped um, shorts you got on a bathers and not your undies. Well, you know, you've done it plenty of times, Koshi, uh, you know, behind the desk. We don't get to see what's behind the desk. so <laughs> and, uh, and neither should we. I still can't scrub the image. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Have a great weekend. Catch you next week. You too. Bye. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks on the call today. Uh, Telex Pharma, a, uh, a buy from Jumbe, hold from, um, uh, from Adam. Magellan, a sell from Jumbe. A buy from Adam. Uh, Lithium uh, International, a no from uh, from Jumbay. She prefers IGO in this space. Adam, it's a hold, but um, he prefers IGO or mineral resources for your exposure to lithium because you're part of a, a basket. Um, Altum, a buy from Adam, a no from Jumbay. And uh, Southern Cross, uh, a no from uh, Jumbe and a hold from Adam. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to uh, cover here on the call, uh, put them in an email, thecall at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. You can see all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We've got big news 
on the calls portfolio that we will be announcing on Monday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.